This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Epic COVID-19 wedding. Uproar over hundreds of guests partying as if the pandemic didn't exist. Then what this student says it was like walking inside the PAC school. I could get suspended for speaking out. You can see members from the health department here in New York City approaching passengers who just got off this train. Plus, actress Alyssa Milano stricken with the virus. Then, is America ready for this? The largest gathering of people since the pandemic broke out. And shocking new video out of Beirut and out of the ashes. The piano playing grandma plus Joe Biden blowback after this startling outburst. Come on, man. Are, are you a junkie? When Vice President Biden responded to you with the junkie question, what went through your mind? Then double trouble. The twins who pretended they were bank robbers. And life behind bars with Jody Arias. What was it like sharing a cell with the woman convicted of killing her boyfriend? Straight from her former cellmates. They say they did a strip tease with her behind bars. Plus, 25 years after bringing her into the world, the doctor does it again. Now it's mom's turn. Maybe she has face. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello and thanks for joining us. I'm Mary Kelly and today for Deborah. Many weddings have been postponed because of the COVID-19 pandemic, but one bride and groom decided to go ahead with their lavish wedding at an L.A. mansion. And as Jim Murray reports, that led to neighbors calling the cops. It's a packed and lavish wedding celebration, and it's causing an uproar today. Local news choppers hovered over the wedding and captured these startling images of the groom hoisted off his feet by his buddies. The bride danced the night away, surrounded by guests. There is barely a mask in sight, and forget about social distancing on the dance floor. The $50 million mansion is near the famed Playboy Mansion. Last night, frustrated neighbors called the cops. As guests left, only a handful wore masks. The event coordinator claims COVID-19 protocols were in place. We had two security officers on site, making sure that everyone's temperatures were taken properly. Everyone was given gloves, um, hand sanitizer, masks. This guest also defended the celebration. There were people throughout the, the wedding making sure everyone wore masks, was socially distancing, and it was enforced. 
Today, our cameras captured workers hauling off party rentals. This as L.A.'s mayor announces new measures aimed at cracking down on house parties that violate COVID-19 restrictions. Now the mayor is threatening to shut off water and power to any house where large parties are held. Across America, many brides and grooms are doing their best to limit the number of guests as well as follow COVID-19 guidelines. Today, Inside Edition found these newlyweds safely posing for photos in Central Park. Their wedding photographers wore masks. New York wedding planner Lynn Goldberg, who canceled a wedding because her clients refused to follow her COVID-19 precautions, shared how she's keeping weddings safe, like handing out customized hand sanitizers and masks. And these are the organza bags, so we're going to put the mask in the bag, and of course it's going to be color-coordinated to the scheme of the wedding. She's also implementing a social distancing concierge. And if he sees anybody clustering or not doing what they're supposed to or not wearing their mask, very diplomatically, they're going to go over and they're going to say, excuse me. It's all to avoid scenes like this. Some of those wedding guests reportedly came all the way from New York. And when they return home, they may face this. Checkpoints where visitors are ordered to self-quarantine if arriving from the 34 states still reporting high infection rates. Stephen Fabian has more on the COVID crackdown. Passengers arriving at New York's Penn Station from COVID hotspots are getting a stern warning today. Immediately go into quarantine. So right now you can see members from the health department here in New York City approaching passengers who just got off this train from Miami, handing them this flyer that outlines the policy. And the flyer actually warns them they could be subject to a $2,000 fine if they don't follow the guidelines. This couple just arrived from South Carolina. Just whatever we can to keep everyone else safe. Checkpoints are also being set up at New York's bridges and tunnels. Police are stopping every 10th car from out of state, ordering the occupants to register with the health department and self-isolate. They'll be reminded that failure to quarantine is a violation of state law, and it comes with serious penalties. Meanwhile, the student named Hannah, who posted that shocking photo of a jam-packed high school hallway in Georgia, says she was called to the principal's office and suspended for five days. The school principal went on the PA system and warned the students they'd better watch what they say. Anything that's going on social media that is negative without permission, that's photography, that's video, there will be consequences for those students or anyone who sends out those pictures. We spoke to Hannah's friend who asked us not to use his name. I understand that to the school she did break the rules, but I still think it's unfair for her to be, get punished for speaking out against the school remaining open. Are you afraid to go to school? Just a little, yes. Because you're worried about getting the virus at school? Yes, ma'am. And get ready for the largest mass gathering since the pandemic began. Looks like they're getting ready. 250,000 bikers are expected to converge on the small town of Sturgis, South Dakota, starting tomorrow for the annual Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. This was the scene last year, the streets packed with thousands of motorcycle enthusiasts. The governor of South Dakota is actually encouraging everyone to attend. We hope people come. Our economy benefits when people come and visit us. And actress Alyssa Milano is revealing that she was stricken with COVID-19. She posted a photo of herself in a mask hooked up to a breathing machine. She plans to donate life-saving blood plasma, now rich with antibodies.
And today, President Trump traveled to Ohio, but one official who wasn't there to greet him on the tarmac was the state's governor, Mike DeWine, whose COVID test, mandatory for anyone meeting the president, came back positive. DeWine is now quarantining at home. Now, an inspiring scene coming out of the rubble in Beirut. A grandmother returns home and finds her prized possession. Her piano was not destroyed by the blast, so she sat down and played music that's inspiring people around the world. It's moving video of a grandmother playing her beloved piano in the ruins of her apartment. The music, Old Lang Syne. The poignant image of the 78-year-old has become a symbol of courage and resilience. My eyes and heart are crying for you, posted supermodel Bella Hadid. Startling new video of the explosion seen around the world are emerging. These spectators thought they were watching the fire from a safe distance. They were caught in a blizzard of debris. And surveillance video captured the moment two men watching from a hotel lobby were showered with flying glass. A baby was actually being delivered at the very moment the hospital was hit. Look, he's okay. This four-week-old baby girl named Sophie is the youngest of the injured. Shards of glass penetrated her skull. Her anxious mother waited for news. Look at me. I tried to protect her. These shoppers at a popular mall were seen running for their lives. Incredible drone video over Ground Zero shows what's left of the port. A grain silo considered vital for feeding the city populace is the only structure left standing. These were once luxury apartments. Inside, all is in ruins. Volunteers are also combing through the rubble, looking for lost pets. So far we found four dogs. There's a cat called Trooper. We're trying to find Trooper. And we're learning more about the woman, now known as the Bride of Beirut, who was posing for wedding photos when the blast hit. She's 29 years old and she's a doctor. She actually lives outside Detroit and flew to Lebanon last month to get married. In Paris, the iconic Eiffel Tower went dark as a mark of solidarity with beleaguered Beirut. There are now worries the number of coronavirus cases will rise in Beirut due to a shortage of personal protective equipment for doctors dealing with the more than 5,000 people who were wounded. And there's new blowback to Joe Biden's interview in which he asked a reporter if he was a junkie. The moment came after the reporter asked Biden if he was willing to take a cognitive test like the one President Trump has been boasting about passing. Instead of just answering, Biden went on the attack. Now the reporter on the receiving end is speaking with Anne Mercogliano. We're getting insight into Joe Biden's bizarre outburst straight from the journalist who conducted the interview. Have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you Errol Barnett is a national correspondent for CBS News and interviewed Biden for the National Association of Black Journalists virtual convention. When Vice President Biden responded to you with the junkie question, what went through your mind? Well, I don't think my feelings are relevant. I don't really have any feelings about what the vice president said. I was more interested in knowing the answer to the question. So now we know the vice president has not taken one of these tests. He smiled. 
He laughed as he made that remark to me. So he seems to take this lightly when I think a lot of voters take it very seriously. Today, President Trump pounced on the remarks. He's not all there. And I wouldn't say he's at the top of his game, would you? Fox News is also going after Biden. Whoa. Uh, That was the latest installment of Joe Biden from his basement. Sean Hannity devoted 20 minutes to the story on last night's show. Okay. Uh, Come on, man. A cocaine test? Are you a junkie? Check out this New York Post front page. Biden snaps at reporter questioning his cognitive abilities. Are you a junkie? MSNBC's Brian Williams found a bit of humor over Biden's repeated use of one of his favorite expressions. Come on, man. Come on, man. Starsky and Hutch called one of their dialogue back. The interview was posted in its entirety this morning. Here is more of Biden's answer. I am am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental my physical as well as my mental fitness. Biden's people uh, are actually calling out Errol Barnett for even asking the cognitive test question, calling it preposterous. I've received backlash from both sides. Trump supporters seem to think I should have reacted more forcefully to the to the vice president's comments, while Biden supporters think I shouldn't have asked the question at all. Do you think it was a fair question? Whether it's President Trump for a second term or President Biden for a first term, they will be the oldest elected presidents in U.S. history. So the cognitive state of the commander in chief is relevant and valid for voters. Do you regret asking the question? Not at all. If you're counting, the election is 89 days away. They are twins who became YouTube stars by pulling pranks, but cops say this time they went too far. They're now facing criminal charges after they put on ski masks and pretended to be bank robbers. This prank is backfiring badly for these two brothers. Now 23-year-old twins, Alan and Alex Stokes, are facing criminal charges. They put a series of events into action that could have resulted in serious bodily injury to themselves or to other innocent bystanders. The twins posted video on YouTube laying out the prank. We're gonna be running around in front of people and making it seem like we just got done robbing a bank. Then wearing masks and clutching bags, they run through the crowd in Irvine, California. This startled bystander gets out of the way quick. The twins drop money as they flee. Then they leap into an Uber, but the driver refuses to take them. No, we're going to get caught. Witnesses who thought it was the real deal called 911. You guys just get out of an Uber a minute ago? A squad of cops showed up, and when they realized it was all a prank, they were not amused. What do you think people are going to do? Right? And you're lucky you didn't get any guns drawn You're absolutely lucky you didn't get any guns drawn We spoke to Orange County District Attorney Todd Spitzer. If you're engaging in criminal activity in order to increase your ratings or increase your sensationalism on YouTube, and you cross the line and violate the law, you're going to be prosecuted. The prank happened last October, but the twins were just charged with false imprisonment and falsely reporting an emergency. Next, Life Behind Bars with Jody Arias. What was it like sharing a cell with the woman convicted of killing her boyfriend? Straight from her former cellmates. They say they did a strip tease with her behind bars. Plus, 25 years after bringing her into the world, the doctor does it again. Now it's mom's turn. Maybe she has face. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back.
Shark versus Mike Tyson. Someone's gonna get bit. Next, Inside Edition, the former heavyweight champ going up against Jaws. I already anticipate the possibility I'm not gonna come back up. Then, the devoted wife who prays under her COVID-19 stricken husband's window every night. I have been here every single night. COVID be gone. Watch the next Inside Edition. She was sentenced to life without parole for fatally stabbing her boyfriend 27 times. But what is Jody Arias's life like behind bars? We spoke with her former cellmate who say things got pretty wild, with Arias even taking part in a jailhouse striptease. Jody Arias is one of the most ruthless killers of our time, stabbing her ex-boyfriend, Travis Alexander, 27 times before shooting him in a bloody rampage. Now, 12 years later, Arias' former cellmates are speaking out. Donovan Baring and Tracy Brown Baring appeared in new Lifetime documentary, Jody Arias, Cellmate Secrets. She got away with things that other inmates didn't get away with. She was a very attractive young girl who liked to flirt and the male guards just ate it up. They say Arias even took part in a jailhouse striptease, which was recreated for the TV special. Jody stood up, took her clothes off, and danced with me. Tracy was incarcerated for kidnapping. Donovan was charged with accessory to arson. Both now have permanent reminders of their unique association with Jody Arias. Tattoos personally inked and signed by Arias. She used mascara and lead from a pencil, which she also sharpened into a needle. Arias also tattooed this delicate crystal on Tracy's chest. But Tracy has since tattooed a butterfly over the original artwork. Why did you cover it up? I didn't want that constant reminder. Arias was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Her cellmates say she got what she deserved. Is Jody pure evil? Absolutely. Jody Arias' cellmate secrets air Saturday night on Lifetime. And up next, like the principal channeling MC Hammer. Everybody says that this is too much. With all the debate over reopening schools, one principal is having a little fun with the very serious issue. As Les Trent tells us, he's doing a parody of MC Hammer's Can't Touch This. Can't touch this. It's an overnight COVID-19 classic. I told you, students. Can't touch this. This school principal's parody of the MC Hammer hit, You Can't Touch This, has been viewed six million times. Dr. Quinton Lee made the video for his students at Childersburg High School in Alabama as a fun guide for students returning to school during the pandemic. So it was just a, an opportunity for us to get together in a creative moment and have some fun. That, COVID's taking so much away from us, and we don't want it to take away our laughter and our opportunity to share joy, but it's been absolutely amazing. Yo, I told you. you can't touch this. Why are y'all standing so close? Back up. And how about those dance moves? And just to see the pride on my students' face, it's been absolutely overwhelming, and I love it. You can't touch this. So, what does the original You Can't Touch This Guy have to say about the parody? You actually heard from MC Hammer himself. <laughs> yes. So, he retweeted, uh, well, he actually retweeted some of the videos, and he gave me a shout-out on his uh, Twitter, and I had a complete moment. You can't touch this. 
very cute. The school says its goal is to bring some comic relief to a tough situation. And up next, the OBGYN with a serious case of deja vu. Finally, he's an obstetrician who did such a good job delivering a baby girl that when the baby grew up and got pregnant herself, she knew right away who to call. In 1995, Dr. Brian Cox delivered a little baby named Lauren. Fast forward 25 years, this is Lauren today. And when she became pregnant with her first child, she called Dr. Cox right away. Yup, he delivered Lauren's first baby, a little boy named Logan. Let me see his face! Logan! Look at the photos side by side. Here's newborn Lauren, 1995. Here's mom Lauren, 2020. The photo was Lauren's mom's idea. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, you've got to get that photo. Um, And I I just bugged her about it because I just thought she's going to forget. She might forget, and I'm not going to be there to tell her, to remind her. Dr. Cox says he's looking forward to delivering more babies into this world. We are expecting a very big baby boom come December, because at quarantine, there was only a few things you could do. (laughs) And yes, those photos are now going viral. That's Inside Edition. I'm Mary Calvi, in for Deborah Norville. See you next time. If you like Inside Edition, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. I felt like I had something to get up for every day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.